0: Uh, we're going to be in Joshua uh, chapter number 6, Joshua chapter 6. Um, I preached this message at the retirement home, but believe it's going to be a little bit different here, um, but kind of same, somewhat same message, uh, Joshua chapter 6. I want to read verse 20, and then we'll pray and get into the message. Give you all a minute to find your place. Uh, I will just say I thank God for His grace. And I thank God for providing all of our needs. I thank God that when He saves us, He doesn't just save us and then leave us, but He saves us and keeps us and cares for us and provides us. And I mean, man, just to think, I mean, I'm not running on a whole lot of sleep, but God has provided physical God has provided mental. God has provided spiritual. God provides our needs in every aspect that we need them, and I praise Him for it tonight. I thank God for His goodness, for His mercy, and for His grace. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall "...that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city." Father, we thank You for this evening. We thank You for this place. Thank You for these that have come out. God, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this passage of Scripture. Thank You for this story, God, that we have to look at. Lord, I thank You for the message that You've given to me in it, Lord. And I just pray You'll help me to give that to Your people tonight. God, I pray it'll be a help to us. God, I pray that it help us to lift You up. God, I pray it help us to praise You. God, I pray that You would just give each and every one in here tonight, God, what we stand in need of. pray for those that may still be traveling, those that are not able to... To be here, God, that you touch them and bless them tonight, wherever they may be. Lord, we do ask you to meet with us, God, in the message tonight. Meet with us, Lord, in our hearts, God, in our minds, and give us what we stand in need of tonight, Father. And we'll thank you and give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No doubt this is a story that we're all very familiar with, where uh, the walls of Jericho uh, fall. No doubt we've all heard this throughout our lives. Even the little ones have probably heard about the walls of Jericho and how they fell. Uh, tonight, I want us to look at that shout. If I had a title, it'd be the shouting saints or the shout of the saints, however you want to word that. But Remember that now, at at this point, Israel, and I spoke a little bit about this in Sunday school this morning, but Israel has now come out of Egypt. One, they have been delivered from the bonds of slavery. They've been set free. And if you're a child of God, if you've been born again, if you have been saved, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you have been delivered from some bonds that you were in before you come to know Him. You've been delivered from the bondage of sin. You've been delivered from the bondage of self. You've been delivered from the bondage of Satan that He may have over you with those sins in your life. You have been delivered from some things if you've been saved, if you've been born again. And again, uh, the Israel has been delivered from the bonds of slavery in Egypt again as i said this morning moses has come god has sent moses to deliver them from the hands of pharaoh to deliver them from the bondage of slavery that they were in and there was a day that god sent his only begotten son the savior the lord jesus christ to deliver you and i from the bonds that we were in from the bondage of sin the bondage of slavery we were enslaved to sin and ourselves And God sent His Son to deliver us from that. But then once they were delivered, they were driven into the wilderness or driven into a desert land. And there they wandered through the wilderness 40 years. I wonder if some of us tonight haven't been to that place. If we haven't been in a place to where it just seems like we've been wandering through the through the wilderness for, for years, for months, for weeks, whatever it may be. There's been times, no doubt, in our lives where it just seems dry. It seems like we're in a desert land. It seems like we can't get a hold of God. And it just seems like every which way we turn is dry. It's nothing but dust or nothing but dirt. There's no water to drink. There's nothing from the Lord to quench our Thirsty souls, but can I tell you that on the other side of this thing we're gonna get filled? God's gonna do something, God's gonna work, God's gonna provide, God's gonna to touch you, God's gonna give that water. Again, uh this morning I uh taught in Sunday school, and just because Moses uh sinned against God, just because Moses disobeyed God, he still provided for the people, he still gave the people water to drink. They've been delivered but then they've been driven into the desert land, into the wilderness. And even though you've been saved... Even though you've been delivered from the bondage of sin and you've been set free, you've been you've been let out of slavery from yourself and from your sins, you may still go through times that are dry. You may still find yourself faced in that desert land. You may still find yourself seeking and searching for God. It may sometimes seem like it was before you got saved, where you where you have almost you seem to have lost all hope. I think about when I got saved. I got to a point before I got saved to where there was nothing else I could do in myself. There was no Nothing I could think, nothing I could do, nothing I could wish up, nothing I could put in my body that was gonna satisfy the thirst that I had. But I didn't really know how to get it because I was, I, th- I think I was just in such a deep and dark place. But God pulled me out of that place and He led me by the hand right onto Him and He delivered me from sin and from myself and He saved my soul. You're in a dry place. And then keep in mind, men died in the wilderness. And it may be that when you were, when you were in the darkest place, when you were in the driest place, you might have been on top of everything else, maybe experienced the death of a loved one. You may experience the loss in your life of somebody close to you. You might experience something that you never would have expected when it seemed like everything was already stacked on top of you. Then here comes death, knocking close by. But then we get, they've gone through, and then they get to these walls of Jericho. They've been delivered, they've been set free. Then they've been driven into the desert land. Many of their loved ones have died. Many did not make it, but it was their children and their children's children that made it to the other side. So those that did make it, just to this place, now they've come to these walls. They're being faced with the walls of Jericho where no one can enter in and no one can go out. And sometimes we get to that place. We've been so dry. We've been so emotionally beat and torn. We can't let anything in anymore. And we can't get anything out. We've shut out everyone and everything. We've shut down our emotions. We won't let anything in and we can't get anything out. I wonder if anyone is there tonight. I wonder if anyone's been through, uh, this place tonight. To where it just seems like you've got your walls up because you've been, uh, you've been hurt so much or you've been let down so much or you've just been, just seemed like you've just been beat over the head time and time again. And so then you've put your walls up. You're trying to guard yourself from being hurt again, but you might just, you might just find that those walls will fall. God knows what to do to knock your walls down. God will take them walls down and God will will enter back in. God will give you what you need again. Six days they marched around this city and the priests blew the trumpets and nothing happened. Don't it seem sometimes that we try And we pray. And we come to church. And we go to meeting, And we do everything that we can think of to do. And it just don't seem like anything's happened. It just don't seem like we can get a hold of God. It just don't seem like we're ever going to get anywhere. We're stuck in that desert land. We're stuck in that dry place. Those walls are stuck up. They just won't fall down. We just can't get a hold of God. We can't get anything out. We can't let anything in. Lord, help us. Remember This is I mentioned in Sunday school this morning, it's not it wasn't Moses. It wasn't his power that done all those marvelous works, but it was God. It was God that allowed him to part the sea. It was God that allowed that water to come forth from that rock. Though Moses disobeyed him, God allowed those things to happen. And God can knock your walls down. God knows what it's going to take to get back in there. God knows what it's going to take for you to get back on fire for Him. God knows what it's going to take to save that lost soul. God knows what it's going to take. And God can do all things. God will get you back to where you need to be. You just keep on going. You just keep pressing on. You just keep marching around. That city. You just keep blowing that trumpet. You just keep getting on your knees. You just keep coming to church. You just keep worshiping. You just keep fellowshiping. You just keep reading your Bible. You just keep pressing on and God will knock those walls down. God knows what it's going to take to fill your soul. God knows what it's going to take to get you thirsty and on fire for him again. God knows what it's going to take to get you shouting again. God knows what you stand in need of and he knows how to provide it. Ain't that a wonderful thing that we serve a Savior? And we serve a God, not only does he know what we need, not only can he provide what we need, but he knows and he can provide it. When we don't know what we need for ourselves, and we find ourselves looking in this world again this morning, this stuff just keeps coming back up. This morning I mentioned Moses just that one smite of the rock wasn't good enough, so he began to look elsewhere, he began to, to look for more than Christ, he began to look somewhere else, and we, oftentimes we find ourselves when we got those walls up, we just we, we, we go searching and we go looking in other places. We do not seek Christ. We seek the things of this world to please our flesh instead of God to please our spirit. The Lord knows what we need and He knows how to provide it. In Joshua 6.5, the Lord tells us that the people are going to shout and the walls are going to fall. Now all the people that came out... Hold on. I went back to chapter 5. Joshua 6, verse 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. I'm glad that we serve a shall God. That shall is of a surety. That shall means it is going to happen. It's not a maybe, it's not a might, but it said the walls shall fall. And if you're lost, and if you cry upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved! We serve a shall God. We serve a a God that has, a God that can, a God that is, and a God that will. God has sent His Son to seek and to save. God has sent His Son to die for the lost sinners. God is doing a work in you and I. God can save that next lost one. And God will come back to receive His own unto Himself. We serve a God that shall. We serve a God that is. We serve a God that can. And we serve a God that will. He'll knock those walls down. He'll get you shouting again. He'll get you fellowshipping with Him again. Glad that we serve a God that shouts. Then again in our text, Joshua 6.20, the people shouted. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. Blew with the trumpets. The walls hadn't fallen yet. But God said that they'd blow the trumpets, they'd shout, and then the walls would fall. But this shout, if you'll dig in it, you'll find that this shout was a victory shout. But it was a, they they shouted a victory shout, but the walls had not fallen yet. That takes faith. They shouted because they knew what God said in verse 5. The walls shall fall. And they believed on Him. They had faith that God was going to knock those walls down and was going to deliver His people into this great city, was going to get them to that land that He had promised them. Sometimes we shout because of what God has done. Sometimes we shout because of what God is doing. But we can shout because of what He's going to do. We can shout if He's told you that He's going to do something for you. And I think about Abraham. God promised him a son. What, 75 years, I think it was, from the time he promised to the time he got it? But he still, he was still faithful in his promise. We serve a God that shall. It may not be right around the corner, but if God's promised you something, and I know sometimes it's hard for us to discern what God is really telling us and what the seven voices in our head are telling us. But if God, when God tells you something, sometimes you know it of a surety. When you get saved, you know it of a surety. And I know I I don't want to get get anybody doubting or struggling with salvation if they're saved, because I know uh, some some deal with that. But if you'll get get real with Him, He'll tell you. He'll let you know. He'll let you know where you're at. I can't remember the text. I think it's 1 John 5, 13. Paul says that he tells you these things that you may know, these things he writes unto you that you may know that you're saved. That's not quoting it. just. But God will let you know. These people shouted because they had faith that the walls would fall because God told them. Sometimes we might just need to shout because we know that there's a victory coming. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're dealing with, there is going to be victory one day. There's a victory worth shouting about. And we see destiny take place. And there's going to be a day. If you're not delivered over here, we got a victory coming. We know that God, that Jesus shall return. He is going to come back. He is coming, and I believe He's coming soon. And then His people are going to reign victorious. We're going to have victory over death. He had victory over death, hell, and the grave. And He's going to give us that victory. We are victorious in Him. And we've got a victory that we can shout on. We've got a victory that we can shout about that we've not yet made it to yet, but we can shout on it because we know that it shall come because we serve a shall God, because we serve a God that is, a God that can and a God that will. And I'm telling you what, I don't care what anybody says, He's coming back. He's coming back and He's going to receive His own. Just because the multitudes don't believe it does not make it false. False. He's going to return one day. And we got a victory that we can shout, but it's going to take some faith to shout about that victory that He is coming back, that He's going to receive His own. But can I tell you what? If you're not saved tonight, you'll not have a shout. Let me not get to that just yet. Uh I'm going to give you all briefly an outline. I give them about three of them at the retirement home when I preach this, but I'm just going to run through this one real quick. This shout, this victory shout, the shouting of the saints. It is inherent to the saints. It is involved in the constitution or essential character of something, belonging by nature or habit. If you're born again, if you're a child of God, it's in your nature. And I, I understand that everybody's not going to worship the same. Everybody may not be a shouter. But it's in your nature. If you are saved, it's in your nature to worship, nature to worship God. It ought to come natural. If you're born again, if you're a child of God, and uh, I remember that, that message that uh, Brother Ryan Goins preached at our camp meeting of all the, the ways he's seen people worship. And he went through the Bible of the ways that people worship, the running, the shouting, the leaping, and the raising of hands, and all these different things. And if you're not doing any of those things, if you're not worshiping in any of those ways that you see throughout this Bible, might want to do some checking up. might better do some checking up because it's in your nature. If you are a child of God, it is natural for you to worship Him in some way. Next, it is inhibited by God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up. Psalms 132, verse 9. I just got to read this verse that coincides with that inherent to the saints. Psalm 132, and verse 9. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. There's probably many other persons that might have filled with that better, but I just found that one and I liked it. Let the saints shout with joy we got something to shout about because we're going to have a victory one day. We've had many victories. I guarantee we could go around this room and everybody in here has had a victory that God has delivered them from something. But there's going to be a day that we're going to be victorious over everything on this earth. We are going to be victorious over sin. We're going to be victorious over ourselves because God is going to deliver us from this place. We're just pilgrims here, just passing through. We've not made it home yet. there's going to be a day we're going to get to the other side and we're going to look our Savior eyeball to eyeball. Next, it is inhabited by God. This is to occupy as a place of settled residence or habitat, to live in, to be present in or occupy in any manner or form. might just be that you're not feeling the presence of God because you ain't lifting him up. It might just be God inhabits the praise of His people and you ain't praised Him in a while. might be that you just need to fight your flesh off, lift up your hand every once in a while, Just say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for putting food on my table. Thank you, Lord, for putting clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord, for putting shoes on my feet. And you get to praising Him a while and then He might just meet with you. He might just fellowship with you for a little while. Once you lift up your hand and start praising Him, He inhabits the praise of His people. God desires the praise of His people. God wants to meet with you while you praise Him. Psalm 22 and verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Israel's is God's people. God inhabits the praise of His people. I believe if we're in that place, and you, we may have been there and may have tried it. Again, they, they marched around this, this city six days, six times, doing the same thing. It might, it might take some persistence. It might take some endurance. It might take time and time again. But if you just keep at it, God will come through. God will come through. Then, lastly, it is inhibited by sin or the flesh. Might be that we got something that we're keeping in the closet. Might be that we've got something that we've not repented of. We might have confessed it, but we hadn't left it alone. We've been there. I assure you that we've been there. I have no doubt that we've all confessed something to God and then turned and went right back to it. But sin and the flesh inhibits the praise. It inhibits the shout of a saint. Inhibit is to prohibit from doing something. To hold in check or to restrain. To discourage from free or spontaneous activity. Especially through the operation of inner psychological or external social constraints. Your sin will constrain you and restrain you and keep you from shouting and from serving and for for living, worshiping God. You don't have any freedom in it because you're guilty and you cannot freely worship a righteous and holy God when you're dirty. You got sin in your life. Psalms 40 and verse 12. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head, therefore my heart faileth me. Your sin will keep you from being able to look up. Keep you from being able to lift your hand. It will keep you from being able to praise God like we ought to as a child of God. I'm going to read one more verse with that one in Isaiah 59 and verse number 2. Isaiah 59 and verse number 2 says this. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, that He will not hear you. doesn't say He cannot hear you he will not hear you and sometimes we allow sin to come into our lives and it separates us from our fellowship with him look at uh, adam in the garden we don't see after he partook after that sin we don't see where god walked with him in the cool of the day again we don't see where he walked when that fellowship was changed that fellowship was different our sin will inhibit our praise and our fellowship and our worship of our god Lastly, if you're lost, you do not have this shout, but you have a cry. I find in the book of Luke, book of Luke chapter 19 and verse 23. That is not, that's not looking right. Maybe it's 16. Yeah. And in hell, it's that rich man, in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented. In this flame, if you're if you're a child of God, if you're saved, you've got to shout. You've got to shout in faith and in victory. But if you're lost tonight, if you've not been saved, you don't have that shout. But you've got to cry. And if you don't get saved, you're going to have a cry like this man from the pit of hell. You're going to be in torment. You're going to be in torture. And you're going to cry for just a drip of water from the tip of a finger for your tongue. And there will be nothing to quench your thirst. There will be nothing but torture and torment for all of eternity. But if you're a child of God, you got something to shout about. Because we're going to be victorious one day. We're going to be delivered from this place. This is the worst that we'll have. I think he might have said that this morning. I don't know. It might have been something else I listened to. But this is as bad as it gets if you're saved. This is as bad as it gets if you're a child of God. There's only better waiting for us on the other side. And we got something to shout about because we got a victory coming and we can have faith that God shall return and receive His own. just want to encourage us tonight that we've got something to shout about. We've got, we've, we've got to have faith if we're going to have this victory shout. Because we've got to have faith that God is coming. We've got to keep it in the forefront of our mind that He might return at any moment. We've got to keep it at the forefront of our mind that we're serving Him until He comes back. We've got to keep it at the forefront of our mind that He may He, he may be back tomorrow, He may be back today, He may be back a hundred years from, my, from now, but you do not know when your last moments are. We need to leave, live every day like it may be our last. Shout! Because we got a victory coming I'll we'll do this really quick and I'll be done uh, psalm 136 give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever oh give thanks unto God unto the God of Gods oh give thanks to the Lord of Lords to him whom alone doeth great wonders to him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters. To him that made great life for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. To him that smote Egypt and the firstborn brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts and made Israel to pass through the midst. Can I say that he will divide the Red Sea and there's going to be a day that it's going to be all over. We're going to be on the other side and we've got a victory in Jesus. We've, the victory's already been won. He shall return and we can shout. We can praise God because in faith we know that He's going to return. We've got something to shout about. The people shouted before the walls ever fell because they had faith that God was going to be faithful. And we know and God will show us. I guarantee you everybody in here has been through something in their life where God has revealed His faithfulness to you. I guarantee you, God will reveal His faithfulness. So while we ought to count Him slack in one thing when He's shown faithful in another, Lord, help us to shout out of faith that we have victory in Jesus. That's all. Preacher, Lord, we thank you for this day, God. Thank you for the message, Lord. Thank you for those that have come out tonight. God, I thank you for the help that this message has been to me. God, I pray that you stir your people's hearts. God, give us a shout. Lord, help us to lift up our hands and praise you, God, for what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you will do. God, help us to shout. God, help us to lift up our hand. God, help us to serve you. God, help us to worship you. God, help us not to quench your spirit. God, when you want us to run. God, when you want us to shout. God, when you want us to testify. Lord, I pray that you'd manifest yourself in your people tonight. God, I pray that you'd give us a shout. God, give us a praise. Lord, I pray that this has been a help to us tonight. And we thank you, Lord. May you get all of the honor, all of the glory, all of the worship, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.